Welcome to the latest FT Advisor in Focus podcast with me, Simni Kuriaku, Senior Editor of FT Advisor. At the risk of putting the song into everyone's heads for the rest of the day, breaking up is never easy to do. Quite apart from the emotional aspects, the financial aspects are particularly difficult for both parties, with division of assets often needing solicitors and court orders. Yet although there is a need for professional advice, too often people think they'll simply split the assets. The man gets the pension, the woman, especially if she's the primary carer for the children, gets the house. And that's traditionally been the case, although increasingly not so. Or they might decide to sell the house and split the equity between the two of them. But these are not always the best courses of action. And while it may be a stereotype that the woman ends up with a house and the children, it's also true in the majority of cases. And of course, this comes with problems of its own in terms of affordability. And what happens again if the partners were not married? So here to talk about the multiple issues facing women on divorce and separation are Abby Hookway, Managing Director of Touchstone Education, Preeti Ferrier, Area Director for Just Mortgages, and Catherine Beaumont, Independent Mortgage Advisor at London Money. Welcome all. Let's look firstly, let's dive straight in, into an understanding of property prices and the cost of running a home. Let's say I've got divorced, I've been given the house. Do most women actually understand the cost of, of running a home. Abby, I'll start with you. Yeah, so um, we've found that a lot of women don't understand the costs of running a home. And it all depends whether they've had a joint account with their um, husband uh, or ex-husband-to-be or not. And the cost of running a home nationally across the UK is about £1,800 a month. That's quite significant when you add all the other things like childcare and... Uh other bills and, and buying food, obviously, or petrol, if anyone can get it these days. Um, yes. Catherine, yes. can I come to you? Yeah, I think most of the women I've spoken to who are sort of in this position, again, don't really understand the cost of running a home. Sometimes they won't have a joint account, as Abby mentioned, and they actually feel quite concerned about discussing their finances and actually how much the household costs to run. Some women are quite savvy about it, but I think on the whole, when they're going through separation and divorce, it is quite interesting to see how many women actually don't know the true costs. It's concerning. Pretty coming from the mortgage lending side and the mortgage broking side, um, what sort of issues do, do you see? Do, do, do perhaps lenders take an adverse view to women suddenly taking on all the property and the mortgage costs on their own? I think it just comes down to affordability. And it, the key thing is, is finding the right advisor who's going to hold your hand through the whole process because it's a very nerve-wracking situation to be in for a woman. And if you find the right advisor who's going to basically offer you that what we call a one-stop shop where they're going to help you not only understand the finances, the house buying process, what's involved, i.e. from a solicitor's perspective, if you can find a good advisor who can hold your hand all the way through the process, you'll find that you'll you'll be able to understand the process better and be able to think, I can do this. So it's very important. I'd say, I'd say the key thing is get yourself the right advisor. That's a very key point, isn't it? Because quite often people want to settle the divorce and they might have a counsellor or they, they'll sort things out themselves, but they don't get proper professional advice. Mm-hmm. What, in, in your view, um, pretty is the are the sort of the pitfalls of not getting a, a decent financial advice? I've seen this happening all the time where a mom has gone from one advisor to another advisor and always the starting point is going to their local bank. 
And obviously, when you go to your local bank, you are a bit restricted to one lending criteria and they get defeated by it. It's only then when they start speaking to other, other family members or friends saying, go and try a financial you know, mortgage broker. They have access to more lenders. That's when they, you know, start thinking, well, where do I even start, you know? And obviously, the first step is now Google, you know, finding a local broker in Google or Facebook. So good now for recommendations. Can anybody recommend a financial good financial advisor? And you're fine. Go with the reviews. They will never let you down because they're true reviews from customers. And actually, uh, sometimes I found that people who are looking for an advisor will actually contact the reviewer directly on Facebook and say, what was it truly like? And then once you find that right advisor, I think it's really important that you have that face-to-face meeting with them, whether it's by Zoom these days, because you can definitely make a connection with an advisor and see whether they're on the same level as you and and are going to be able to understand your situation and help you. Um, And nine out of ten times, I'd say now, once they find a broker, we can help them, actually, because there's so many other disposable incomes that we can now use that single moms aren't aware of, which can help increase their affordability and hence increase the purchase price that they can go for it depends what they're doing as well because um we've seen a massive move in property prices over the last you know year in yorkshire where i am property prices have gone up 14 percent. so you need someone that's going to balance it with them is it better i got divorced three years ago and i left my family home because it was better financially for me to, to be bought out and go somewhere with my kids but you need somebody to because the family home is usually the biggest, so it's the hardest to, to raise the affordability on, isn't it? So you need a good advisor that looks at if you're going to get bought out, what can you then afford? Or if you stay, can you afford the increase? Because 14% is phenomenal. You know, people like Right Move, the house price index, they're forecasting that it's going to go up again this year and they don't see it stopping. So it's trying to work that out with everybody as well. And obviously then try and settle in a, in a good way. Yeah, yeah. you make a really good point there because um, it does often depend on, on where you live. And property prices may be more affordable in certain parts of the country than elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Catherine, can I come to you with this? You obviously have um, federal clients based in the southeast. Yes. Uh, is, is affordability a big issue for your uh, Affordability can be a huge issue. And sometimes we actually can't help everybody. So sometimes we do have to give bad news. But odd job is not just giving or arranging the finance for them you actually become their counsellor and just trying to get them to speak freely about their finances and actually not put their head in the sand be really honest and make them feel really comfortable about the silly questions they might be asking and giving them confidence to sort of forge that clear path going forward and property prices in the southeast are just going up and up and up and we're not actually seeing that slow down so it is just trying to counsel them them through let them know that they're able to kind of tell us anything and you know we won't laugh or we won't snigger at any kind of small question but I think you know affordability suddenly going from two incomes to one income is quite a shock for a lot of women Um, but again what Pretty picked up on was the the other disposable incomes are actually able to use such as maintenance and things like that so it's kind of given them the tools and knowledge 
to know that you know this this is what you're able to do this is the process we're here to guide you and it's quite often any time day or night isn't it it's not nine till five <laughs> you have them crying on the phone so yeah it's it, we're basically here to support them as much as possible but there are times when we just can't help but we do try and give them tools to give them a bright future I think it's all about planting the seeds sometimes you know like Catherine said if you can't help them you know what I like to do with anybody that comes in that situation is say well look it might not happen now but if you do x y and z in three months six months time you'll be in this position but also make them aware of all the different schemes that are out there Mm -hmm. shared equity schemes help to buy schemes shared ownership schemes just to give them that education that if you can't do it all on your own, don't worry. There are other networks and support groups that can help you with the property ladder. There's rent and buy schemes where the rent you plough in, you can then safeguard that and use that as a deposit. And it's just like, Catherine, you, and, you know, you've got to educate the women that, you know, mortgages have become really modernised now. It's not your box standard here's my 5% deposit from my mom, my dad. You can raise money from other sources and get yourself on the property ladder maybe a lot quicker than maybe we could before. But it's just giving them, like Catherine, all the tools that you need. Obviously, we can't control the house pricing market, but at least we can give them some kind of direction and hope that, okay, it can't happen straight away, but in three to six months' time, you might be in a better position and let's just keep in touch. Yeah, absolutely. I, I have heard, I'm going to move on slightly to the independent valuations aspect. I've, I've spoken to a couple of people who say the woman should always get an independent valuation done. Why is it? Abby, you're, you're, you're nodding here. Is this a bone of contention? I'm a, um, I train property. I hold, I've got a three million pound property portfolio myself. It's very important that you get a RICS valuation done, not just to estate agents that knock on your door. Because when it gets down to court, if it goes to court, the judge is going to want a RICS valuation to say, what is it actually worth? The challenge with estate agents is they look at what's sold and what's for sale. Whereas a RICS valuer, proper banks valuer, We'll look at just what's been sold, how the banks will look at it. And um, so it's it's very important you get that. And uh, women nowadays can get them for about £600, but it's the best money you're going to get if you're going to get a fair price for then splitting the asset. Yeah, it sounds quite expensive, though, £600 on top of solicitor's fees and perhaps even a pension sharing order at the court. Um, 100% and this is why it's 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 more important I didn't go to court with my ex-husband because we thought the costs are just ridiculous and we want a future for our children so we tried to settle it together and I think that's the biggest advice I give to all the people that I meet that are about to get divorced just try and, and, and agree like sort of a heads of terms before you even get there and then the 600 pounds it's well worth spent when you get to court you're going to be there for about a year two years flying money in and, and nobody wins and it's trying to get the win before you go in the nicest way the challenge is you've got all the emotions haven't you I was very upset with my ex-husband and that drives you and, and takes you down the wrong path so we work with a lot of we home a lot of single mums and we put them in our rented properties you know when they the divorce isn't finalized and we try and work with them just to balance things and not get too emotional because the courts and the solicitors win at the end of the day not you guys and your children and that's the biggest thing we need to see yeah, Preeti, you're, you're nodding very much in agreement there. <laughs> yeah, to be honest with you, absolutely spot on, Abby. You know, even as a more from a mortgage perspective, as an advisor, you know, that we strongly advocate 
you know, have mediation if you need it. Try and resolve it amicably yourself because what you've worked so hard to get where you are. Why do you want to then shell that money and give it to solicitors and courts? Try and park your personal differences and put the kids first and try and just get away with what you can get away and then that will give you a better start you'll have more money to then put down and and get on the property ladder really quickly and I think I am seeing that especially during COVID the number of divorces and separations that have gone sky high and a lot of people actually like Catherine said we are counsellors they somehow come to us whether it's a valuation problem, a solicitor problem, a marital relationship breakdown, we seem to be the first port of call for them. Like, well, what do we do? Where do we start? And, you know, I always say, first of all, be amicable and talk to each other and then just see what you can get away by selling what you need to sell or who's going to stay in the house. Just try and get away with as much as you can without giving it to anybody else. Absolutely agree. Catherine, how does that sort of equate also with couples who are not married? Because quite often there's a perception that there's a thing called the common law marriage, which actually does not exist in law. And actually there's no legal recourse for the woman. There's no automatic right for her to to be given any money if she's not the the main breadwinner. I I would, you know, kind of treat them exactly the same. Um, You know, I wouldn't really uh, sort of separate that from married couples it does go on to a legal standpoint about whether your tenants in common or joint tenants are there in it kind of you know you you only own, uh, own a certain percent of the share whether you're married or not I think we need to touch on older people as well so older women for sure it's not just mums it's not just single ladies that aren't married you, you, you know it's definitely the older lady as well and I had uh, you know a, a, a client who actually couldn't even get cash out of a cash machine because she never had to do do it so you're literally dealing with all women at all different stages of their lives whether they're married not married been in long-term relationships or not and I think from a financial standpoint we we are there to help them with their mortgage borrowing capacity just educate them as much as possible in their finances we are literally there for all women of all walks of life and ages and and um, positions I mean, what's more and more common at the moment is a lot of people are buying houses together and they're not married. So, you know, I feel we do have a duty of care to let them know about the financial agreement plan that they can do. And actually, it's not even the couple that pipe up. It's normally the parents who are gifting the deposit saying, hang on, how do we protect our investment here? Because if in the future you guys separate, we want that money back. So it's also letting them know that there is a financial agreement that they can do legally to protect that deposit in the future so if they do have to sell the house that money is given back to the original source so again it's educating them and safeguarding them and giving that the trust that you have to have in your advisor is absolutely immense you know you're not your your advisor needs to be knowledgeable of these things and be aware of all the different activities that take place and the advice especially now that people are not getting married first they're having a house first maybe even having a child together first before they're getting married so we need to adapt our advice to the situation that we're in front of absolutely you said something very key that says you know and check up on them in a few months time yeah this goes back to that whole duty of care doesn't it because if if a woman if, you know, you've just given a piece of advice to a woman and then just leave her. And then well, where does she go from there? You know, what, what about ongoing affordability? What about the pension? What about getting back into her career? These are all very important things, aren't they? They are indeed. I mean, I don't just leave it with them. Like, for example, I'll do a full budget planner with them. 
I'll say, look, what do, what are you aspiring to? What is your ideal home looking like? What? And I'll actually jump on right and even show them what they can get for their money. Then we'll do a budget plan and we'll do right. This is what your expenditures are now. This is what your expenditure needs to be in the future. So you can't control the committed expenditure, but what you can control is the uncommitted. So, you know, your shopping bill, your socialising, your eating out. If you really want that dream home, the bottom half of this budget plan, you need to be in control of and bringing it down to your affordability. Even things like saying to them, you know, sacrificing if you're a smoker. Can you quit smoking? It's just having those kind of reality checks with your advisor and trying to give them as a realistic picture as you can that, look, if you want this to work, this is the budget plan that I would probably say you need to aspire to and let's review it. And then keep the rest of them. I, I tend to keep an eye on my advisors, you know, my clients. Every three, I do like a three-three call. So see them in th- how they are in three days and three weeks and three months. And that's just a little process that works well with me that just to not forget about them and they're not just a number, they are somebody that I really want to help, not maybe immediately, but in the future. Yeah, it's showing them what they can achieve as well because when I got divorced and I, I came out of the divorce minus 20,000, three and a half years later, I've built up my property portfolio, I've got my life back. An advisor sat down with me and they said, you need to cut back, you need to cut back. My life just looked rubbish then. My outlook for my kids and what I do a lot of the time is show them you can cut back or go and earn the money. Where can we get me information? Where can we do this? For me, it was throwing myself into education property. And I was like, I could be a property investor. I could get buy-to-let rents and I could do all these amazing things. So it's pushing them because sometimes when you tell them a lot, and I know for me, when I got told to push back, because they do need to control it, and I 100% agree with you, but they need to see what they could become. And a lot of the time they've been with men that haven't told them what they can do. Their confidence is not. My husband told me I was stupid and that I would never do anything. I'm now managing director. I've got a big property portfolio. I've gone on to do amazing things. And it's it's looking at them and helping them with their dreams as well and to rediscover what they can do with them and their children. No, no, I agree with that. It's it's a good point there, Abby, because they are rock bottom. Their confidence has been hit. They feel yeah. they feel like a failure. And I think the first thing is they've been so reliant on the man in, in the relationship, some of them, you know, these men don't share their finances with their women, only give them enough money to what they need to run yeah. the house. So all yeah. of a sudden, it's all on their head and the responsibility of the children is on their head. And it's such a frightening place. It's And, you know, emotionally, these women are like re- really reaching out to you saying, help me. And it is, you're right, you've got to show them that you can do this. I mean, I, I had a close example in, in my own family where do I go? And she went to one really bad advisor and they told her, sorry, you can't afford to do it. And she was absolutely devastated. So it's you, you are right. You've got to show them you can do this. There's always a way. We've just got to find that way for you. Agreed. Catherine, can I come to you? I, I was just picking up on Pretty's comments earlier. I think, you know, especially with first-time buyers, younger people, younger couples, it is part of our duty of her to say, look, you are purchasing this property together. Life happens, and it usually happens within the first couple of years with sort of younger people buying a house. You could split up. It's definitely got to be part of the conversation that we are educating, not, not only the women, the woman, but also the man as well. You know, and especially if deposits are being given, and things like that we do need to educate them in the what ifs 
And I think that that is definitely part of our service. I also think we certainly need to give confidence to women who maybe have relied on their man and have been looking after children, just doing little bit time jobs to actually almost convince them that they are worthy of more. But also, you know, I have highly educated women who just weren't interested in the finance side of things. So again, it's not just your full time mums or part time mums. I think we just need to be there and actually identify everybody's needs but also say you know the future at the moment is probably looking really stressful and you might find a bit bleak for you but these are the tools and we're there to give them a real confidence boost aren't we um as another woman perhaps going through divorce and separation and our little life stories as well so they kind of relate to us as people rather than they're just our clients you you do become very invested in them I've had sleepless nights about these ladies before (laughs) that's really good point Catherine I think personal experiences are very important to share with your clients because that shows you you're human and you can be through the same kind of journey that they've been through the whole reason why I came to the financial industry was because my parents were missold an endowment policy and and I saw the effects that that did on my family and from that point I I I said to myself, I want to be independent and I want to understand and have the knowledge of how that side of the market works. So sometimes just a life experience, that ball just switches on and think, do you know what? I'm going to go out there and find information for myself. Could I ask each of you for one sort of really key tip that you would encourage all financial advisors to do when they're experiencing a couple in this situation? What would be a, a really key piece of advice that you would suggest to that advisor this is what you should be telling the woman in, in, in the relationship. The key piece of advice is to get advice from the right people. Definitely. You are not going to be able to try and wade through this emotional roller coaster trying to deal with finances on your own and getting the right advice, finance, legal, counselling, any information you are able to get hold of, speak to the right people. And I would echo that. I think, like I said, right at the beginning, the most important factor is finding yourself the right advisor who can hold your hand and really give you that one-stop shop experience and just be there every step of the way through the whole process with you. Abby? My biggest advice going through divorce myself with little children and property is that you don't know what you don't know. So go get the knowledge, go look at all your options and then make your life into what you want to be because you're going to have, you know, you've just come out of made very big decisions. Just go and follow your dreams, but you don't know what you don't know. So make sure you get that knowledge. It's key. That's really helpful. We could be discussing this all day. And I really want to thank you for sharing some very personal and very emotional stories with us today. And it shows that it's possible with the right advice and support in place, a divorce house can go on to achieving amazing things. So let's focus on that positive. Thank you very much again, Pretty, Catherine and Abby. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. And thank you all for listening. Until next time, take care. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has experienced teams who can craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex. Real wealth requires real solutions. Connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's Coriant.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. 
Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.